Welcome to McDonald's. What can I get you today? Hi, she'll have the quarter pounder with cheese, extra mustard, no pickles, and I'll have a 10-piece chicken McNuggets. And two sides of ranch, please. The we've done this before meal. Get it at McDonald's when you get two of your faves for just six bucks. Limited time only. Prices and participation may vary. Single item at regular price. Yeah, turn that mic down. Oh, yeah. We got this mic on lock now. <laughs> There's going to be a lot of that during this episode. Gonna rock out with my cock out on the podcast. <laughs> oh, yeah. place is about to become a sea of sweat, the earth-shattering music, and puke. That stage is a pedestal, and when you're up there, you're untouchable. I can guarantee you something a lot more cool. Fame. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the second inaugural installment of... The Bald Movies <laughs> Podcast. This yeah. is the podcast where you pick the movies that Jim and I go to, either to be delighted or to suffer through. And we tell you what we think. What we what, what you were different. Yeah, we do. That's what this podcast is all wiggle, about. Wiggle, what? Yeah. Um, so something exciting happened. Uh-huh. We actually met one of our fans at the theater. Shocking. Out here in the middle of nowhere. It's, it's, <laughs> but it's, it's really a, cool. It's hilarious because as we're driving, we're like... Jesus, what kind of people go to the 10 o'clock show of Rock of Ages? <laughs> and keep in mind, we're there. Yeah, we're so. there. And we're walking in like two, uh, we think straight, 30-something guys, uh, and we're sitting next to each other in a theater. Uh-huh. And there's like an old couple holding hands in front of us. Mm, a grandpa and his grandson. There's probably like 20 people in the whole audience. And like, mm-hmm. you know, we're sitting there in the previews and we're kind of discussing and all of a sudden we get tapped on the shoulder and it's like, I think I recognize you guys. <laughs> Which I don't know how you would recognize us. I think that's the thing. Who else? When you see us... Walk into this movie at this time. <laughs> That's a good point. And like we just yeah. had Facebook. I, I just Facebooked that we were on the way there. Oh, and Amanda's okay. one of our Facebook regulars. Gotcha. Yeah. So and I don't know. I, I've been told I'm loud. You, I was just, you're a little loud. I was just told at Prometheus by my girlfriend that I'm loud. Judging based on the intro of this podcast, yeah, I'd say you're loud. <laughs> so I think maybe our voice is carried. Uh, probably, yeah. We were so. walking in, talking. That's cool. So she got a little advanced preview of her podcast, and that was nice. Mm-hmm. Um, let's talk about... We kind of have a new format. I want to talk about the trailers. Oh, okay. Um, that we experienced, and I wrote them all down. All right. And I can't find the thing that I we wrote. we start with the only <laughs> one that I really cared about, which was The Great Gatsby. Holy crap. Yeah, talk about that. Uh, I'm a big fan of Leonardo DiCaprio, honestly, especially the stuff he's been doing lately. Inception... Uh, the Howard Hughes thing, what was that, The Aviator? Uh-huh. Uh, both phenomenal movies, and I think he brings a lot to a movie, so I'm pretty much on board for anything he's in. Yeah, I had a little Leo hate, mostly from Titanic. Yeah, yeah. But I, I got Understandable. I gotta admit, the guy really brings it. He does. Into every role. Mm-hmm. And this, I think, is... How some of the... Catch Me If You Can? That's Freaking the thing. Like some, some of the roles I wouldn't think that he was necessarily born to play. Yeah. All right, but The Great Gatsby seems like that's something that he, through, you know, now that we've seen him through his work and his adult life, he mm-hmm. kind of was put on this earth to portray that yeah. character. Yeah. yeah. And it's a, how do you pronounce this guy's name? Leonardo DiCaprio. No, 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 the director, producer. <laughs> Baz Luhrmann? Yes. Yeah. He's the, if you know him, he's the 
uh, creator of Moulin Rouge. Which is a movie I thought I was going to hate and ended up loving. Strictly Ballroom, several others, and the production of this looks lavish. Yeah. So if you're a fan of period pieces... Yeah, that 1920s Art Deco era, I love yeah, that stuff, I do, man. too. I love it. Did you like Sky Captain and World Tomorrow? Never saw it. Whoa, you need uh-huh. to. I think you'd be a sucker for it. All right. Uh, so, yeah, looking forward to that. Uh, it's funny. We were talking about this at lunch. Mm-hmm. The trailers that you see for a movie like Rock of Ages, that's what we're... Did we ever say that that's the movie we're oh, seeing? Oh, well, I assume they know by the title <laughs> of this download. True, true. <laughs> so we saw Rock of Ages. The movie, the, the trailers you see are completely different than what you would see pretty much in any movie. And well, I had we saw no... Prometheus. Yeah, for example. <laughs> I had no idea there's this much musical-based entertainment being produced by Hollywood nowadays. Yeah, it's the Glee sensation. Yeah. It's kind of taken over. I think there's a lot of Glee fans at the theater. Uh, Amanda's number one, uh, one of them. Yep, definitely. Um, I was I watched the first two seasons of Glee, and then I got, I got busy other uh, doing other things. Mm-hmm. Obviously, I'm, I'm in, I enjoy the, uh, the genre of musicals. Uh, they had Katy yeah. Perry's. Looks like uh, supposedly real life documentary yeah. part of me. I might be interested to see that just because it's 3D <laughs> and she's like bouncing around with fire hoses and stuff. Yeah. That might be interesting. All right. Otherwise, no. <laughs> yeah, I have I have no interest in that. <laughs> um, then there's a movie called Pitch Perfect that had mm-hmm. the one girl who stars as Bella's bitchy best friend from the Twilight series. That's the only way I can describe her. Oh yeah, yeah. She's also uh-huh. she was also in that uh, George Clooney show about being traveling salespeople. Yeah, uh, they, up in the air. Up in the air. Yeah. Um, so she's a fine actress, but yep. here she's actually playing a part where it's very much it's just Glee, another yep. version of Glee on the scene. Um, and reluctant the, singer. And the, the girl group is called the Bellas. Is it? Yeah, that's some okay. Twilight pandering. Didn't care for. Uh, if you're curious, if, uh, uh, the C Jordan sparks, what she's up to since her American idol career. Um, she's in a new movie called sparkle, which also features CeeLo green and Whitney Houston, which strangely mm-hmm. you would think the movie guy would be like, and in her final performance, Whitney Houston, but they just completely low keyed the fact that that's her. I wouldn't even have known, honestly, unless you had said something in the theater. Really? Yeah. That she died. No, God, <laughs> that, that she was in that. I didn't recognize her. No I way. haven't seen her since she was like 20. Oh. I, I don't pay attention to what's going on in like that sort of pop culture. I thought she looked pretty good. And of course, it's yeah. you know in a movie and all that. And Jordan Sparks looks amazing. Mm-hmm. Like she's really turned into a beautiful young woman. Uh, then let's talk about Won't Back Down, which I don't even remember what the hell. Is this the male stripper? No, no. That's no. Magic Mike. <laughs> oh, that's right. Of course it is. So that has Tate, this guy named Tatum Channing, which mm. is everybody's, all the girls going crazy for. He stars as, this is, this is going to blow the lid off the underground heterosexual male stripper entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. Yeah, industry. Yeah, it's a burgeoning industry. Oh yeah, these guys are brilliant. They're they got lots of money. They're smart with their money. They're not on drugs at all. No, nope. totally nope. straight. Matthew McConaughey never does drugs. Matthew, Con- the, the thing, yeah, Matthew <laughs> McConaughey plays like the elderly statesman male stripper. Awesome. And it's just too bad that cancer took Patrick Swayze from us. It really is because he could have played like whatever the male version of House Madam. You know, like like mm. the the girl that takes care of all the girls. Like he oh, could have okay, been the guy yeah. that takes care of all the guys. Gotcha. Take him under his wing. Yeah. 
I actually would not mind seeing that movie <laughs> in some altered state. Yeah, you'd have to be in an altered state. I for laughed that. that loud five different times in the movie. Hmm. Like this guy's like really he's he's an entrepreneur and he's making. So you're coming at it from the absurdist angle. Yeah, that's why you want to see. It's this. a parody. Okay, they're not making that movie straight up. Oh, sure they are. No, no, no. Oh yeah, that's well, that's for. Uh, teenage girls but i'm saying that even they have to know that that's a straight fantasy it's not this isn't a drama is what i'm saying Eh, maybe what would you call that type of genre girl Uh, porn i mean no it's a rom-com romantic comedy oh really i didn't think it it didn't look that funny i mean like played straight funny yeah all the comedy in it is played straight but it's meant as comedy okay so that racks, uh, except for the um, aforementioned, uh, you know, not going to back down. Which oh no, that was the that was the that was the sh- movie that's about the uh, underprivileged, underserved, learning disability kids that they start a new school for. Yes, I was actually interested in seeing that. I am because that yeah. re- it, it seems like it's basically season four of The Wire, mm-hmm. minus the bodies and vacants, and probably with a happier ending. Uh. <laughs> I I actually really liked um, Maggie Gyllenhaal. What was that? The Will Smith movie, Something Happiness, Pursuit of Happiness. Wrong. Yeah, yep. Pursuit of Happiness. I'm kind of into those inspirational yeah. films. No, no, I'm, I, I like it too. And yeah. Maggie is really good. Yeah. And I'm honestly all about like alternative forms of education and whatnot. What, what threw mm-hmm. me is the male lead that's supposed to be the Uber teacher and so friendly. He played the menacing male pimp in Sucker Punch. <laughs> Oh God! And every time I see that, that movie, was fucking horrible. It was fucking horrible. I hated that movie. But I mean, that's it's it's always jarring to see someone. Yeah. You know, he's not really typecast. But it's the only thing I've mm-hmm. seen him in. So it's like, whoa, sure. she's going to start. He's going to like try to trepan one of these girls. <laughs> uh, okay, so shall we give our opinions of Rock of Ages? Let's do it. The non-spoilery opinions. So uh, scale of one to ten. I'm going to give it a – it's barely squeaking by with a 6 out of 10. Okay. Just slightly above my average movie-going experience because it was so much fun. Okay. And because the music was something that I enjoyed. Uh, it wasn't like the pop stuff that I really can't get into with like Glee, for mm-hmm. instance. Um, I'm a big fan of certain 80s music. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of actors that I really enjoyed. Mm-hmm. Um Obviously, Tom Cruise is in this special guest appearance. I didn't even know he was in this. Brian Cranston. Yes. Shows up for a couple scenes in this. Yes. Uh, it seems like he's been doing a lot of cameo type stuff lately. Right. You know, like very small parts. Well, that's in, kind of his career minus Breaking Bad, right? He's always a I guess that's right, guy. yeah. And Malcolm in the Middle he did for like 10 years. Right, so. right. But you're right. He wasn't the lead there. Uh, I want to give it 8 out of 10. And if you've, wow. if you've been listening to... Uh, all of our podcasts, you know that I'm a sucker for musicals. So yeah. this was right up my alley. Um, you know, this is, I, I can't even give you like really a, a breakdown of the plot because it's the same thing you've always seen. Yeah. You know, young Girl, people yeah. go into Hollywood to make it mm-hmm. and they flirt there's with love, success. There's, there's a misunderstanding. <laughs> there's a reconciliation mm-hmm. and there's a happy ending. If I spoiled any of that for you, I'm sorry. It's your first <laughs> Uh-huh. It's your first, you know, trip to you've, the movies. You've never seen a movie. Yeah. Right, right, right. So um, I will say that it could have maybe said kind of like a seven, seven trending towards eight. The things that brought it down for me mm-hmm. is too long, is a hundred, is at least two hours long. 
it needed about 30 minutes cut. I agree. Um, I thought the two stars um, that were in it were um, Juliana Huff was okay in her acting and personality, but her voice... It's too whiny for me. I, I feel like she would, without any kind of... Filtering. Or... Filtering necessary, she could do like one of the chipmunkettes. You know, the girl <laughs> yeah. version of the chipmunks. Gotcha. Um, and the guy had the the Diego Bonita, or whatever his name was, had the opposite problem where he actually was a pretty good singer. Yeah, he was. Had good, you know, singing charisma. Mm. But everything else about him was a wet sandwich. Well, also, I he was like too pretty boy for me to believe him a lot in this oh, part. Oh, as a rock god? Exactly. Yeah. Which is funny because Tom Cruise <laughs> melted faces. Hell yeah. I mean, you talk about pretty boys. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, that's the thing. A lot of, like, Axl Rose is objectively a beautiful man. Yeah. I mean, I don't know what he looks like now, but back in the 80s, he was sex in a can. Oh, while we were watching this, I was thinking, hmm, how badass would it be to get Axl Rose to play Jax in mm. this? But yeah, I mean, he could. That would be crazy. The thing is, is he's so weird. Like, did you yeah. read his letters about his refusal to accept the introduction of himself into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? Yeah, and they made kind of a, a little deal about him not being there. Yeah. When they did it, yeah. yeah. So, and he's got all these reasons and stuff. And, Prima Donna. Yeah, but that's... And I, I want to talk about... Tom Cruise. I think we can do that in a we'll non-spoiler section. No, no, no. Let's do it in the spoiler section because really? there's a lot in this role in particular that kind of feeds back into that for me. Okay. Like I said, I don't think there's anything we could say to spoil this movie for you because it's all about the experience. The other thing about yeah. this movie is this movie is great, rocking, fun, mm-hmm. and then the music stops and <laughs> the plot advances and you're like, God, when are they going to start singing again? Mm-hmm. Did you feel that as a person that doesn't like musicals? No, not much. Really? Um, I felt the energy completely left as soon as the songs were over. Well, some of the scenes. I'm, I'm, I don't want to bag too much on the two leads, but they weren't particularly interesting to me. Like you said, it's a very cliched story. Uh, but when Alec Baldwin's on the screen, when, um, <laughs> when Tom Cruise is on the screen, those moments are awesome for me. Mm-hmm. Whether they're singing, whether they're talking, whether they're... Doing other things, whatever. I, I enjoyed it. So some of those parts got me down. Some of them right. Um, I liked – it was hilarious when Brian Cranston stood up as the mayor. Uh-huh. And he gave that big speech about how the town's going to hell and it's got so many. And he's like, but I've got a secret weapon. And that cracked me up because I'm thinking, press the meth. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. or he's going to – pure meth. He's going to throw something on the ground it's going to explode. Or there's something crazy going to happen. And also yeah. – does anyone do polite interest like Brian Cranston? Uh, I don't know. Like, if if he's in a scene and he's supposed to be politely paying, like, oh, yeah, uh-huh, oh. He <laughs> uh-huh. does that. It's, like, really funny, too, the way he does it. Yeah, uh, he's almost first and foremost a comedic actor in my mind. Uh-huh. So when he gets just these little subtle comedic moments, right. I enjoy them so yes. much. Yes, yeah. yes. They're, like, way funnier than they have any right to be. Yeah. Um. Can I ask you a question as a, an experienced guitar smith yourself? No. All right. Well, <laughs> that fucks this next minute of the podcast up. Go for it. Go sit in silence now. Uh, do you think Tom Cruise can really play guitar? I watched him play the one lick that he That's plays. That's what I'm talking about. And I believed that he was playing it, 
but I bet it didn't sound anything right. like it sounded on the actual soundtrack. Because I play a little bit of guitar, mm-hmm. and I thought the fingering looked authentic, yeah. but I couldn't actually tell where you actually could. So he, the fingering was authentic. It looked pretty good, yeah. But it's very hard, especially playing down in the neck, to get that to play so purely. We'll just say it looked better than Zach Morris trying to <laughs> fake guitar. <laughs> okay. Um, what else we got to talk about in the non-spoiler section? Uh, I don't know. Uh, there's cameos with, um, there's one scene in the movie where there's a lot, I thought there was a lot of aging rock gods and kind of backup roles and stuff, uh, Mm -hmm. that they kind of pan over. And I recognize, there's a few few that I recognized, uh, Skid Row, uh, Sebastian Bach and Debbie Gibson, which is kind Uh, of funny because she's not exactly metal. Yeah. Well, a lot of the songs in this aren't exactly metal uh, they're, they're rock they're yeah, not okay they're, but there debbie was a gibson little bit wasn't rock she was pop she was uh, pop the z the boys <laughs> exactly uh there was a little bit of a weird disconnect there between the look and feel of the club that they were playing in mm. and some of the music that they played in it like uh well <laughs> there was the, the z boys but we're not going to talk about them i don't know in my mind like bon jovi is not hard rock but he and was hair metal. I I know that. It's just hard for me to consider Bon Jovi I wonder if that's because I'm playing older than in this you. dive. It might be. Because I remember yeah. when he you know, like He actually rocked. Because we had like in, in in my in my school growing up, there was like you had like various cliques. You had the preppies mm-hmm. and they're the ones like with the pot collars and they played basketball and football, and then you had the nerds, which was mostly me. And then you had what we call the hoods. Mm-hmm. So we don't have a hood in fucking Mooresville. But they were the ones, you know, that had the rat tails and yeah. would paint their yeah. fingernails black. And it's so late because they were always hard. Mm-hmm. Like 24-7, you know, they're the ones getting sent down principal and the ripped jeans. But, like, when a Bon Jovi song would come on. <laughs> they love it. Or, like, a certain Poison song would come on. They uh-huh. like, get this, like, distant look in their eyes and start mouthing the words. And, like, you can tell they're <laughs> transported. I think That's why I think Bon Jovi can – he's got that clout. Sure. The hood I, kids liked him. I think it was maybe – the guy's voice that did uh-huh. that for me. It was too pure. Like Bon Jovi yes. has a rasp to his voice. It's yes. not that. It's not that pop style singing. Right. Whereas that kid kind of brought pop. I and mean, that's to a this. song you can fish crab to. What? That, that's, fish crab. Yeah, that's the dangerous, dangerous catch. That's a theme song to it. Oh, the deadliest catch. That deadliest that catch. TV yeah. show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh God. <laughs> All right. That's something you can Fair get enough. into Bering Strait and fish fucking crab for. <laughs> All right. Uh. What else we got uh, to talk Catherine about? Catherine Zeta-Jones. We didn't talk about her performance. Plays the mayor's wife. Yeah. Ultra-religious right, campaigning against heavy metal. And kind of a different role than you usually see her playing, right? Well, that's one thing I want to talk about, that there's three things happening going on. There was people trying to play a role, and it didn't work as either um, ironic or authentic. Mm-hmm. There was people that were playing a role, and it was working ironically. Yeah. And there's people doing it that worked on both levels. And, like, the two main leads, I don't think they worked either authentically or ironically. Yeah. Alec Baldwin did not work as an authentically aged <laughs> at rock club owner. How about Russell Brand, though? He succeeded on both levels. Yes. He ironically and authentically carried this, like, heavy think, <laughs> rock junkie, basically. I think that's his speciality. Right. Like, that's what he does. And he's a very funny dude. Yeah. Like, I think one of the most underrated comedies of all time is Get Him to the Greek. <laughs> it's really and, funny. And by the way, Sean Puffy Combs 
is brings the best laughter in that whole fucking movie. Yeah, great movie. Um, Brian Cranston works ironically. Mm-hmm. Catherine Zeta Jones works very well ironically, yeah. and with her dance and singing background. I mean, her dance routine in the church yeah was amazing like she can still i don't know how old she is but she's got to be pushing 40 if not north of there and her leg kicks and all that stuff looks amazing agreed and she's rocking it all in this peach shitty dress you know (laughs) yeah with a just a church get up oh and some of the mom like the mom pantsuits and stuff that were going on in the background glorious yep like if if our Breaking Good listeners saw Skylar White in those outfits, <laughs> the internet would explode. Sure, like sure. Mom jeans got nothing on it. Yep. Uh, what else? Did, you got anything else before we get to the spoiler section? I think that's about it. Okay, so again, if you like Glee, you will love this movie. If you like music, if you like especially eighties rock, you'll probably love this movie. Yeah. If you just want to have fun for two hours, um, the thing is, is like again, I feel like the movie went on too long, and the two leads. Uh, they just didn't didn't have the charisma. Yeah, my six is based on a lot of what we talked about and the fact that I just don't like musicals very much. Also, if you like G-rated, if you like G-rated stripping and sex scenes. Well, yeah, we'll talk about that. <laughs> Jesus. Also, you will like this movie. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, um, if you like to use your imagination a lot. <laughs> All right, so that's uh, it for the spoilers. Uh, if you'd like to give us uh, feedback, tell us how you're doing. We're probably not going to read any feedback on this particular segment, but if you just want to let us know what we're doing or chat about us, uh, chat to us about the movies, you can do so at movies at baldmove.com. Um, and I'm not going to really do much in the way of advertising since Facebook, you're paying Twitter. for this. Yeah, yeah, if you want to get in a conversation on facebook.com slash baldmove, tweet at Jim at baldmove. You can do that, certainly. And... We will see you in the spoiler section after you've consumed the movie product. All right, we're back in the spoiler section. Again, Good. very hard to spoil this movie, yeah. but the number one thing I want to talk about, I have firmly in mind, what do you want to talk about? Uh, well, I know what you want to talk about, so let's just get right into that. Okay. Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise is building <laughs> a little cottage industry of playing weirdly intense megastars. Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm going back to um, Magnolia. Yeah, in Magnolia, Tom Cruise plays this character who's like a self. He writes a self help system, kind of like a seduction system for men to tame women. Um, he wrote this okay. this particular book, and he does all these seminars, and he's got this magnetism, and everybody's like, "Whoa, look at Tom Cruise playing this!" Mm-hmm. And then in Tropic Thunder, yeah, he plays this really weird, super intense media conglomerate mm-hmm. um, cross between like Steve Jobs and and uh, Turner. Yeah, and heavily made up. Heavily made yeah. up, but he just nails it. Yeah. And then in this, he plays this rock and roll god who's yeah. worshipped by people. And like got, almost like a Jim Morrison style. 
Jim thing. Morrison, Axl Rose, Keith Richards yeah. all blended together. Yeah. And shades of Donnie, Johnny Depp playing Keith Richards uh-huh. touched in there too. And he, he does it awesome. And it works like you could imagine some of these scenes in a better film that's like a, a, a biography of Axl Rose or something along <laughs> those sure, scenes. I mean, sure. he's giving a non-ironic performance, but it also works ironically. Yeah. And do well, you think it's because he he's able to excel in these roles across comedy, you know, uh, drama, and this is kind of like a dramedy or musical comedy or whatever? Mm-hmm. I kind of was thinking it's because he himself is a very weird, reclusive megastar. Certainly. And this movie plays off of that heavily, I thought. Really? Uh, they... Yeah, it, it brings is, the audience's knowledge of Tom Cruise. Certainly, absolutely. Hmm. Um, because the idea that this guy is stuck being Stevie Jacks or whatever his name is, right? Uh, Stacy Jacks is exactly Tom Cruise's life, right? He's stuck being Tom Cruise. He can never be anybody else, and he's become so famous he literally can't go outside without people looking, coming up to him, wanting to talk, say hi. He's kind of stuck in his own life. The thing that's and now he lives in his own head, just like they said in the movies. Well, the thing that's making tripping me up about this is I wonder at what level of self-awareness is Tom Cruise have about all this? Yeah. Because the other thing that I bring to this uh, movie is knowledge of him being a Scientologist, mm-hmm. which well, is yeah. uh, has the trappings of rationality, but is an aggressively irrational religion or belief system. Mm-hmm. And he believes that sincerely and unironically, and he believes I, – I feel he believes that he owes all the success in his career and his magnetism mm-hmm. and his like kind of cult of personality thing that he's got to the following and being a devotee of that religion. Yeah. So what is he thinking in his head when he's saying some of the lines in this movie where he's talking about you know the nature of love and I, I can – I'm the I know me best because I live here. Yeah. I I feel like I've almost seen that Tom Cruise interview. Kind of. Yeah. I mean, I obviously can't say what he's thinking, but certainly there has to be a level of awareness there. You think cuz I almost wonder if he was aware he couldn't do as good a job of it. I feel like so so yeah, okay, I I see. That kind of springs me onto the discussion of the nature of this level of fame anyway, where it's like... Well, Alec Baldwin's doing roughly the same thing, just at maybe more of a knowledgeable level. Like, he understands what he's doing, I think, uh, very, very uh, closely, very focused on that. But he's not... I mean, Alec Baldwin, at his height, was Uh, a sex symbol, movie star. Yeah. He was never, like, a, a god, like... No, but I'm talking about these, like, career transformations. Like, Tom Cruise had this moment where he went fucking insane from the viewpoint of the public, right? I mean, he's jumping on Oprah's couch. He's shouting, I love her, from the top of his lungs, talking about Scientology in interviews, uh, berating people in interviews. He went kind of crazy. Okay. And now Did he go crazy, or was he crazy, and he decided because he was Tom fucking Cruise, he could let that leak out? Well, that's not the point I'm making. The point I'm making is... That changed his career path, okay. whether he wanted it to or not, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, people started thinking, this guy's crazy. Mm-hmm. So now he has the ability to take that idea that he's crazy and kind of channel it into these different roles. Right. And I don't know if that's what he's doing uh, purposely or consciously, but it certainly works because of that, right? Right. We, we see the guy up on the screen and we're wondering, does he believe any of this? What mm-hmm. What is going through his head right now? The exact conversation we're having is a result of... 
that moment, in my opinion. Well, it's interesting because, like, I have, like, a sort of personal relationship with Axel. And that I went to this Monsters of Metal tour uh-huh. uh, where they were headlining for Metallica. It's going to lead to a G-rated sex scene. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. At the end of it, that's what people don't know. At the end of every podcast, me and Jim are in exactly the same position that Alec Baldwin and Russell Brandt got. <laughs> <laughs> that almost kiss, yes, like, yes. two and inches like, from no, your no, face. No, no, we can't. This, this, we, this can't never be. Uh, what was I saying? So Axl Rose is from Indiana. Is and he? I wasn't sure wow. if he was born or he was raised here or whatever, but he uh, is, is kind of native to the state, and he apparently hates it because the band like took stage 45 minutes to an hour late, and then they did like a song or two, and then uh, my memory is that, that Axl Rose got up and then just started haranguing us, Hoosiers. For showing up, us a bunch of hicks, and that uh, he pitied us what? for not being able to escape this, and wow. that you know, I, I, I felt like I was being pissed on, mm. like he was drinking a bottle, hundred fifty dollar, yep. hundred year year old scotch, and pissing on my shoes. Mm-hmm. And then they like cut the concert short, walked off, and then I think Metallica came on and put on one of the greatest concerts I've ever seen, proceeded to melt faces to long in the morning, almost as a way to make it up. Yeah, yeah. Which, sorry, he's such a dick. I felt like they got into fistfights every single fucking night. (laughs) Probably. Like, you can't do that to the fans, man. uh, But I wonder, because it seems like the people that get to these giant levels of fame, Mm -hmm. the Michael Jacksons, the uh, Kurt Cobains, the Axl Roses, Elvises, Tom Cruise. They have this weird ability where they're these these gaping pits of need. Okay. But they don't act needy. Like like mm-hmm. in his prefer- that's what I notice is that gotcha. he needs love to fill him up and he needs yeah. and he's got all this appetites, but he walks into a room, he knows he's going to probably fuck every one of these women in his room, but he mm-hmm. acts like he does just doesn't care. Yeah. Like he just bro- like like it's you know they're just part of the oxygen in the room that he's going to eventually get into inhaling. Yeah. But he he needs all that, but he doesn't act like a needy person where he's checking and how sure. are you feeling and all that stuff. He did because he doesn't. He's got this detached level of not caring. Yeah. And I find that is the true of all kind of megalomaniac superstars. And that's just why you know. Uh, uh, Elvis had his chimp, and Michael Jackson had his elephant man, and Macaulay Culkin. And Kurt Cobain dated <laughs> Courtney Love and blew his head off. I mean, this, uh, and I think Tom Cruise has got that same thing, which is why I wonder if he really is hmm. aware. Because if he's aware of his position in the world, he couldn't bring the kind of authenticity to the role of Stacy Jacks. Am I, I insane I over here? Am I, I way overthinking this? I don't know what the answer to that is, but you could certainly be right. I don't know. The other thing I was wondering as I was watching this movie is. You know, a lot of people get really judgy about celebrity lives and stuff. Mm-hmm. But do you think that the average person put in a place where everyone said that you basically walked on water and every need was catered to and every whim was catered to, wouldn't everyone go a little crazy? Uh, I don't know. I have a hard time thinking that I would because right now I'm so concerned with like other, what other people think, you know. Uh, other people's but five years yeah, into I consider a career, everyone a human. I don't, 
I don't consider them my slaves or robots to do my bidding, you know? But I don't think anyone starts that way. Certainly, yeah. But, like, you know, we're social animals. Like, we're all part of this, like, kind of almost global consciousness, and we have empathy, and that's what makes society work. Yeah. But if you're five years into a career where you just have all this excess... Mm-hmm. And you don't, you know, every night the faces all change and you don't just develop relationships and your inner circle tells you how awesome you are and shelters you from any kind of criticism. I almost feel like that would break your biology, your, your, your neurobiology. It might. It's a very rare person that can stand up that, and, I think, and remain a nice person. And, you know, it's like that's why, you know, Schindler from Schindler's List, that's such an amazing story that somebody mm-hmm. for – you know, can, can can break that society pressure and stick his neck out to help other people. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, pretty heady let's, conversation for Rocket Yeah, ages. let's talk about the uh, no stripping at the strip club. <laughs> okay. <laughs> bring, uh, bring the cast down, back up a little bit. Seriously, why even use a strip club as a setting if you're going to just I like, not portray it realistically? The thing is, well, because they're, they're aware that there's going to be 11-year-old girls coming here. Certainly. So they're selling so this sanitized, is, sexy use? stuff. No, no. The, the the suggestions they're making are nowhere near sanitary for 11-year-old girls. But that's... Not even close. That's the fucked up thing about our culture. I mean, look at... I, I know, and Glee, that's my problem. for example, mm-hmm. has incredibly sexualized uh, teenagers. I don't think any of them were real teens even in the beginning, but you're supposed to believe that they are. Sure, sure. And there's a lot of this wholesome stuff, and, you know, nothing really overt, but there's also a lot of risque stuff, and I feel like that... For whatever reason, there's this sweet spot where you can get away with that, and people still say it, it's it's wholesome. Like the reason, like people were saying, Britney Spears yeah. is a role model way back in when, when she was like 16 and shaking her ass. Mm-hmm. She was actually held up as a role model because she was committed to being a virgin until she's married, while she's wearing pigtails wow. and thongs and playing up childhood sexuality in her videos. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that seems ridiculous to me. <laughs> I will say that's some of the best clothes stripping. I mean, I've I've never been to a strip club, mm-hmm. and this isn't panning to the female audience. I'm I'm a pig. Uh, I just don't like to be teased. <laughs> okay, especially paying money to be teased. Sure, sure. Uh, but I admire like that thing that the one girl did, where she like held herself vertical mm-hmm. and did like a almost a pantomime of a walk. Yeah, like that's and amazing. Then, like, sliding down a pole till you almost hit the ground and stop. <laughs> yeah, like those rides at, at like King's Island or amusement parks where they uh-huh. take you up the pole and then they drop you down and catch. Yeah. That's what they did with their bodies. Like you'd think yeah. they'd get pole burn. You would think so. There'd just be scar tissue running up their rib cage and legs where they're doing that. I wonder if they, they included that setting because pole dancing is kind of a thing that uh, a lot of women do now. Like, yeah. like oh, there's aerobics sure. there's uh, instruction yeah. around it. Like, Even Indianapolis has a pole exactly. and body. It, that's definitely accepted. It's becoming more popular, yeah. But I also thought it was a way to show her um, – you know, degrading herself yes. on her path to fame the way and, he, the boy, was yeah. degrading himself going into the the boy band. And where do you go from the bourbon room <laughs> right. to get less classy? But the, even know? then, the, the bourbon room, like Tom Cruise's sex scene, no one got naked. Yeah. It was extremely it – was, it was clothed dry humping and, yeah. you know, they even played it like it happened to completion and there was no penetration. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Stacy Jacks doesn't need to penetrate you, man. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, obviously it's rated PG-13. Um, oh, well, I almost thought, I wondered if it was PG. No, it's PG-13. Okay. Uh, which, I don't know, surprising. Uh, 
they couldn't go full R with this. No way. And not make the target audience. Yeah. But this is this is very it displays kind of very cynical um the the way the MPAA's rating system. Yeah. Like, you know, Tom Cruise can use a woman's thonged ass for a pillow Mm -hmm. and women can sleep around his cock. Which has a giant demon head on it, and he's wearing assless chaps as like they're like like uh, uh, in a temple setting. Yep, and that's fine. But mm-hmm. you know, if you saw, uh, and you can give the finger. The finger is given multiple multiple times. In this times. Movie. Yeah, uh, you, and you could probably say to a fuck. You could say fuck once, maybe twice. Maybe if it was dramatically. Exo- but I don't. But you get show it. a boob, and it's all over. Right, and there's yeah. going to be people, and I'm not going to judge them because honestly, I don't think you t- taking a kid to this movie is harmful. As long as you teach them that this is fantasy and it's not real, yeah. just like you know, if you take a kid to uh, a shoot 'em up movie, uh, you got to explain that that's fantasy and all that. But mm-hmm. I, I mean, like I said, I'm not going to judge anybody for doing that. I just think it's really kind of weird, and especially with a movie that had so much, you know, conservative criticism within the movie. What do you mean, conservative criticism? Like, that group was all basically, you know, talking about taking back the strip for the God-fearing Christians of Hollywood. Yeah, but they were obviously supposed to be the antagonists of this movie. Right. But I think that's another level of weirdness, you know, that they themselves are Hmm. making a movie that other people are going to shake their heads at. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, But, like I said, I don't know. I just think, if you're going to use a strip club as a setting, show some stripping. Well, the, <laughs> so don't use so it what in this movie. You, but the thing is, like I said, what, where would you have taken her path then? I mean, uh, this is, have, she, she basically went to the Moulin Rouge house. Yeah, where, she could be living on the street. Now she, she doesn't have a job. Ass to ass, is that what you're saying? <laughs> no, no, God, no. <laughs> We're going to, ter- uh, what's uh, his name? Aronofsky? Uh-huh, yeah. Um, no, I, I don't know. I feel like that that's... It would be weird if I had an eight-year-old daughter and I took her to this movie expecting yeah. that. And there's those scenes. It's like, why are these women? You know, but I, I don't. Kids is like some stuff that just gazes, skates right over their head. I don't uh, know. We did forget to mention in the non-spoiler section that this is based on a musical. Or, or on a Broadway show, rather. Off-Broadway. Off-Broadway? Uh, well, not on-Broadway. It's off-Broadway. Off-Broadway just means it didn't actually happen on. Yeah, in New Broadway. York. Yeah. Well, on the Broadway the broadway yeah there's a street called broadway. I know. yeah okay. yeah so in new york yeah um i'm not sure and the only reason we know that is because amanda told us yeah which uh, i had no idea i had heard rock of ages but i thought maybe it was like a video game or something that i just hadn't caught right it was a, a i guess a 2006 chris d'arenzio um broadway musical called rock of ages hmm. this was directed by adam shankman which i guess is involved in the glee stuff yeah, that's what our fan told us. Yeah, he produced. Um, oh no, he's been. A, he judges, so you think you can dance? I don't know, but he also um, did uh, the 2007 remake of Hairspray. It was okay. one of my son's favorite movies. What? Yeah, he loves it. I've never seen it. He's 18 I months old, and he's like it. you know grooving to it and all that. I don't know. He liked it. <laughs> all right. Um, so, what else we got to say about the movie? Uh, well. I don't know. Did you see the uh, the Alec Baldwin Russell Brand relationship developing through the movie? Because there was that one moment where they're face to face, but I thought that was played for comedic value. It was right, like they were both kind of shocked that they got there. I don't. Yeah. I don't. You see, the thing is, is from my my place of towering male heterosexual privilege, I don't know 
when I see stuff like that, I kind of get weirdly uncomfortable because I think, yet again, here's another homosexual relationship played for kind of laughs. Yeah, well, it's hard with those two guys not to play it for laughs, you know? No, but it's like, so why go there? Well, it felt very, I, I gotta say the movie felt very Glee formulaic. Like, you've got to have these certain plot points that you hit. Well, I just feel like maybe he's like, well, you know, it was really funny when I had uh, Travolta um, in a woman's gear have a relationship with Christopher Walken in Hairspray. Okay. Which I understand that was also carried over from the other classic film that, you know, but... I've not seen that. Yeah, I, I think it's like, so I need to check this kind of... You know, ho ho, there's two guys kissing, giggle yeah. giggle kind of thing. Which, again, that feels kind of imma- immature, immature. Well, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I feel like I'm too sensitive about that I stuff. just didn't see it coming because they played the first one so comedic. And then it kind of came out of nowhere the second time. Right. And those two times are the only times they really mentioned it. Right. You know? And they held hands and they had like a chaste kiss. Exactly, yeah. But it would be, I think it would have been... I would have rather see them do something on the level of Tom Cruise and the uh, uh, Rolling Stones reporter, like that kind <laughs> oh, of geez. over the top grind. Yeah, yeah. like yeah. I guess I, Russell Brand did jump in his arms and wrap his legs around his back. That was pretty. <laughs> That's true. But they needed to push that further for me to break through my discomfort of just seeing that gotcha. you know relationship into full blown comedy. Yeah, just, yeah, I felt exploitive the way they did mm. it. You know, trading on the fact that Alec Baldwin's this muscular dude. No. You know, or not muscular, muscular masculine. <laughs> oh, okay. Alec Baldwin is still masculine. In fact, I, is, I'm yeah. pretty sure that was all his hair. That wasn't a wig, right? <laughs> I don't know. That dude's got I, a thick-ass hair ahead, or head of hair. Yeah, but he can't go from 30 Rock to that in the amount of time that it would take. Hormones. No. Steroid injections <laughs> no. into his hair follicles. He can't? No, their extensions are a wig. Oh, yeah. yeah. I was just looking at I, I was looking at his hairline several times trying to see, mm-hmm. and I couldn't, couldn't detect it. Hmm. There's Hollywood hair and makeup, man. Yeah. Um, okay. That was a good point. Anything else? I think that's all I've got, Did you notice there was a band name? Uh, one of the band posters prominently displayed in the movie was the Jim Joneses. Oh, I'm in this movie. Yeah, you nice. are. Nice. Which is weird because I'm pretty sure it had a picture of, like, a young Joseph Stalin with, like, his <laughs> eyes blacked out. Whoa. Like, censored. Uh-oh. Like, that's total. I knew the Jim Joneses before oh. they were cool. <laughs> Type of poster. Gotcha. Uh, so, I had fun. Um, yeah. A surprising amount of fun for 10 o'clock in the morning. No kidding. And I'm looking forward to what the listeners are going to send us to next week. Let's see what is coming out next week. So next week, opening on the 22nd, we've got Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter, okay. which I have a feeling is probably what we're going to be <laughs> seeing. Man, that movie better blow me away if we do. You, you know what, though? I'm already like kind of down on it. I've gone from first seeing the promotion materials and rolling my eyes like, oh, God. Exactly. And then I saw the, the, the iconic poster. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, I like the the sensibility. Mm-hmm. Um, I I saw that uh, um, Tim Burton was involved, and as as a producer, and I saw a making of on um, what's that HD.net or HD TV. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
um, Mark Cuban's network. And I'm like, okay, I'm getting a little bit more excited. And then I saw a trailer. I'm like, okay, I'm actually looking forward to seeing this. And now I feel like I'm going to get disappointed. Is there going to be any substance to this movie? Any? It's all style. There's, I, I think there's a lot of substance to be mined because Abraham there Lincoln be. has a lot of mythos about him. And there's a lot of just like yeah. cool, t- almost tall, Tom, um, Paul Bunyan-esque tall tales about the man. I get you. Yeah. Um, That's and adding that to he's secretly a, a vampire hunter, I think could mm-hmm. be cool. Okay. If they can make it cool, I don't know. Well, if the listeners vote for it, I'll go see it. The other thing coming out is Disney's Pixar's Brave. Which I'm super psyched to see, and I'm going to see uh, regardless of whether I'm sent on it or not. I, don't I think know. there's a pattern developing that the listeners will <laughs> catch on to. I'm totally indifferent on Brave. I'm indifferent on a lot of movies. Uh, it takes something really special to excite me about it. Okay. And then the other one is Seeking the End, uh, Friend for the End of the World, uh, which stars Steve Carroll and Kira Knightley. What is this about? Um, it's basically a romantic comedy set during the end of the world. Okay. And interesting. It's got, it's, it's a debut for a, a screenwriter. I've never heard of her, but Lorraine Scarafaria. Sure. Um, but anyway, it's got Steve Carroll and Karen Knightley in it. It might be cool. I don't know who Steve Carroll is. Yeah, you do. Steve Carell? Oh, right. I... <laughs> oh, okay. That makes more sense. I wasn't trying to be a dick. I just didn't know what you were saying. No, you're being a dick, you <laughs> dick. Uh, yeah, it's him. Okay. From Office. Yeah, yeah. And um, The Daily Show. And uh, Evan Almighty. All right. So there's a couple. I think there's some a few others opening, but they're limited releases or single city. So those are the three that have wide releases. If I can find some more, they'll be on the poll. But I have a feeling one of those three is going to be the one. Uh, which of this movie, if you get a pick of the three movies we had, which would you have gone to see? Probably the rap one. I was really interested in seeing Rock of Ages. I know my girlfriend is disappointed that she couldn't see it with me. Um, so I probably, but I'm super interested in seeing the rap one. So yeah, yeah I, I wouldn't mind seeing that too. It's called Something from Nothing. Is that mm, right? Yeah. Yeah. God damn that cricket. I can hear him now. I forgot to put him in the garage again. He's di- they're right. di- this is the last of the singing crickets, and he's dying today. <laughs> okay, I'm releasing him to the gladiator pit of my frog tank. Uh, which we shouldn't say which of the movies coming up we prefer, right? Uh, I don't that think there's a bad one. There's not a picks. single one that I would like. Be yeah. whereas I would have. I would have really gotten liquor. I would have, I would have had you drive and mm-hmm. brought my flasks. Flasks of, <laughs> of liquid to uh, the Adam Sandler. He's my boy movie. Yeah, that's my boy. Yeah, I'm glad the listeners didn't pick that. Yeah, Adam Sandler hasn't been funny since Happy Gilmore. <laughs> mm. Maybe Big Daddy a little bit. I I liked the whatever the, the last movie, the comic movie he was in. Um, and I thought Punch Drunk Love. Oh, was that's good. true. Yeah, his dramatic roles. He hasn't been funny, but like zany since, funny. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but anyway, yeah. So all three of those movies, I'm interested in seeing. I'm definitely going to see Brave. Mm-hmm. opening weekend probably Regardless. with my boy yep. uh, if i have him so um all right that's all we got and got about 45 minutes hope you enjoyed this segment of or this uh, edition of bald movies and thanks for supporting us we really appreciate it and we will see you next week yep see you then bye